We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Daily Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Sammy Reed. Joining me is Nate Noling. Davis Maddock is a little trick and he says he's sick, so he's not on the podcast. But me and Nate are here. It's the middle of the night, Nate. Uh, the, the baseball game just ended like 10 minutes ago. We are delirious and on tilt. How are you, buddy? I mean, this, this, this was incredible. This, this was an incredible game. This has to go down. I thought game two was going to go down in like probably the top five baseball games I've ever watched, including some of last year's Cubs run. But this was, this was un, unreal. Okay. Okay. Greater or less great than, and I know you're a biased Cubs no. fan, but game, game seven game of seven. last year. Game seven. Game seven. Okay. Okay. Does it slot touch, in? Can't, can't touch game seven, but it slots in. It slots up there in the top three probably. What was, what was the year that the Twins, was that 91? that the twins went to game seven and Jack Morris pitched uh, that, that 10 inning us, shutout. Some of us aren't 53 years old and don't remember back that far. Kind of, kind of walked in it, kind of walked into <laughs> that one, didn't I? <laughs> was, that, was, was it 1953 was, or 1954? <laughs> but seriously, I was like going into this series, it was a little tough as a Cubs fan. Cause like, you you want to you know and it, like I'm like oh watching the World Series after this is gonna be hard but this this has been unreal. This is absolutely incredible. This is the first game I've 
since game one, I've been able to watch front to back. I just had all this stuff to do that I didn't want to do, but I had to do. And I felt like I was missing out on so much. And I'm so happy that I got to see this game. I like, I can't even remember what happened now. You know what I mean? Like the Puig two run dong was like the lock of all locks. Like (laughs) that was just like you literally, as he comes to the plate, you just like this, this doesn't end any other way than him, than him donging here, you know? And sure enough, sure enough, he did. And you just one one handed it. My Twitter timeline was full of people like bummed out that there were so many homers. Um, how do you feel about that? Are you all I right would with block that? Them insta, insta block, insta block. I'm I don't with know you. Anybody can watch that game and say, ah, they juiced the ball too, too much fun, too many runs, too much excitement. This has been the most hype I've been for a five and a half hour baseball game. Like, and I have this- zero fandom involved here. I, I don't care who wins. I want the Dodgers to win just so Kershaw can have a ring and everybody can shut their mouth about the greatest pitcher. But, ugh. I hate to I hate to say this, but how much better is baseball than football right now? Wait, was there football today? Yeah. <laughs> no. People people were pumped on the uh, on the Houston Seattle game for like thirty five minutes until the World Series started. The Houston Seattle game was about the only watchable game of football today, though. It, it really was. Uh, I mean, dude, let's, I mean, let's try to talk about this baseball game just a touch more. For the listeners, I'm really sorry. I mean, I'll, I'll level with you. We had no time to prepare for this podcast. We have no idea what's going on. We're just going to BS for like 40, 45 minutes, and that's going to be your podcast today. So if it sucks, it sucks. But this is, this is what it is, dude. What, was, what do you think was the single best moment of this game, if you could pick one out? Um, I mean, the single best was probably that Springer uh, Jack, just because it was so majestic. I mean, it was like, I, I mean, as he hit it, it was just, I and, got up off the couch. And right, and right after the inning, after he dove for that ball and blew it, and mm-hmm. let the let the let the go ahead run score. And it was funny. There were so many people who Marwin Gonzalez let a hit kind of drop in front of him earlier. And they were like, bro, you got to dive for that. Like, you have to dive. It's the World Series. And then uh, Springer did dive, and everyone was, like, just roasting him. It was, it was a fun little dichotomy. I know it's not the exact same play, but still. And then in the, in the top of the ninth, I think it'll go kind of missed, but the Austin Barnes sprinting and legging out a double on that when, uh, I mean, he barely got in there. But if he didn't, if he didn't get the second there, that wouldn't have scored on the Chris Taylor, on the Chris Taylor um, hit. So, they That's they were great. down they were down to their last strike and Chris Taylor just like reaches out and ties the game with this. I mean, he stayed on that changeup super good, laced it up the middle. I mean, it wasn't like a rope or anything, mm-hmm. but dude, I, done. how many people were heroes in this game? Like Everybody. Kershaw was the hero, and then Bellinger was the hero, and then Altuve was the hero, and then Chris Taylor was, and then Barnes was, and then I mean, and then I'm the missing only guy some... who wasn't was Jansen. Like, how unfortunate is that? The guy, yeah. <laughs> the goat of all goats. Ugh. And and Ken Giles, who I don't know if Ken Giles was actually at the ballpark or not. I, he, there must have been something. <laughs> like like I, I'm I'm ninety percent positive that Jose Altuve would have come in to pitch before <laughs> Ken Giles. <laughs> Just like Jose, dude, come do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I have no <laughs> idea what they were doing with Ken Giles, and I. I think, you know, managerial decisions always get scrubbed away when, when you get a win like this. But somebody needs to talk 
about that. There's so there's so much to unpack. This management in this game. (laughs) Well, and the strike, dude. The strike zone was all over the place, and I mean, it was just, dude. This is the just the craziest freaking game. I can't believe this game. It was like a slow pitch softball game. Yeah, it it was it was unreal. Bill Miller just commenting on every single strike call. (laughs) No, it's a little low. Uh, actually, I just missed that one. I didn't really see it too well. Uh. The whole game. I mean, there's just there's just so many things, so many things. And then my favorite gif of the whole night is just a fan grabbing the ball from a friend and, yeah. and throwing it back. His, his face. <laughs> I never seen anybody just like so stone faced mad before. And there's, I mean, and there's so much good going on there, you know? Like, he really arm bars his friend and keeps, like, solid leverage so that the guy yeah. can't get in on his body. And I just, mean, like, I would do the same thing to any Fairweather fan. If I was at a Cubs game and somebody did that <laughs> next to me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate. <laughs> He's just like, give me that damn ball! And then he stiff arms his homie and just, like, <laughs> lasers it back onto the field. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. It, it was it was unreal. So I mean, this is wild. The series obviously is going to end on LA in LA. I feel like we have one day off. I, I'm kind of torn between. I'm cool with Game Six starting in like ten minutes and just yep. doing this again, and like we need a bye week. Yeah, I, I want Game Six to start tomorrow. I, I can't wait. I can't. I can't go through my whole day tomorrow without another game. Like I feel like I've been doing drugs like for three days straight and I'm about to crash, but potentially I'm okay with the party still going too, you know, (laughs) it's kind of where I'm at. (laughs) I I, I still, I mean, okay, we'll do one, one quick thing, one series prediction and then, uh, and then we'll get on to talking about the lesser sport that also took place today. Okay. Uh, uh, Do I still think the Dodgers are going to pull it out? I still think the Dodgers are a better team. I mean, I think that if you don't think this is going to go to game seven, you are the fishiest of the fish. Yep. There's just, I mean, there's just no way. And if it goes to game seven. Kershaw's Kershaw's coming back in. Like Kershaw is going to pitch. He's going to do some Bumgarner type stuff. Um, You know, obviously if you were going to bet money, American dollars, the, uh, Astros would be favored here, but I'm kind of with you. I, I have the feeling that the Dodgers are going to come back and win two in Dodger Stadium. I do too. Yeah, because it'll be it'll be uh, Hill tomorrow or Hill the uh, game six, and then Darvish probably would start game seven. So. And is it is it Verlander going in six for Houston? Yeah. Oh, what a game! What a game, dude! I'm so I'm so hyped for this, dude. I want it to start now. I don't want to wait. <laughs> I'm not going to get anything done over the next 48 hours. This is unreal. My, I'm serious. My work productivity has gone way down uh, at my real job and also on this podcast, obviously. So, But it might just be time, if any of the listeners are still listening, to start talking about the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll do, you, we'll do you this small favor and talk a little bit. We're going to recap. Uh, we may or may not talk about the Monday through Thursday slate. I I haven't looked at it at all. So uh, <laughs> that's let's let's put all the cards on the table. Um, but let's talk a little bit about today's slate, Nate. Um, I had 146 in DraftKings cash. Is that more or less than what you had? Uh, uh, more than. 
All right. Well, let's let's unpack all the fishy My things that you did. <laughs> let's talk about your lineup, homie. <laughs> let's throw it out there, dude. Okay. First off, what did you do at quarterback? This week was this week was crazy. I mean, let's just talk real quick. High over high high level view of the slate. DraftKings is super sharp on these pricing recently, and it's been it's really difficult to build a lineup that you don't have some egregious plays in. That it's, is correct. It's just really, really difficult. And so all week, um, it was kind of tough. I had um, I was waffling back and forth. There was some weather stuff, but the three quarterbacks I really wanted exposure to were Dalton, um, Cousins, or Cam. Uh, I ended with Dalton uh, in cash, which which was the chalk play by far. I mean, he was he was forty percent in double ups, which is which is pretty insane. Yes, for super high for a quarterback. Yeah, um, and he ended with. That's Sorry. my one issue with sharp pricing. I think a lot of people talk about sharp pricing and how much they like it, but I actually think sharp pricing lends towards such clear plays that you're forced into where, um, you know, a looser salary cap, I think everybody can take their own preferences and things like that. So uh, I actually am not a fan of how sharp DraftKings has gone with some of this. That's, a, that's, a, that's actually a pretty interesting take, Nate, and I think there might be some truth to that. I, you know, I very much, I'm like, dude, I really like sharp pricing because in general, when it's harder to build a lineup, then I think it goes toward more skilled players. But then again, like a lot of the sharp people are like saying stuff on podcasts and writing about it. And a lot of people are gravitating toward those plays. Yeah. So Andy, I, so I went with Dalton and then I think most, did you go with Dalton or did yeah. you go with, okay. I did. I, I did go with Dalton. If you went with Russ, you won the week. You know, I think Russ was another option that some people um, were talking about. I just – if you went with Russ, I don't know what the rest of your roster construction would have looked like. I was never able to fit him. So, it was tough because I, I had the two running backs that I really just had a lock in and cash, which was Shady and then Ingram, which um, Shady worked out. Uh, Ingram, I think, did fine for his price, but um, I think I was hoping for a little bit more – with that Camara Camara ate some of his work quite a bit. Yeah, he scavenged that touchdown. There was so much tilt right when the slate started. I'm starting to like have some vague memories of some guy named Eric Tomlinson scoring and then Camara got a rushing touchdown uh, from like 8 or 9 yards out that scavenged Ingram and somebody else Bush League scored and I was like, "Oh, it's going to be that kind of day, is it?" Yeah, it was one of those days. Yeah. Okay, uh, so I went I went Ingram and McCoy also. So I think they were both – I mean, they were both just sick home favorites and good spots against great defenses. I, I, I mean, I can't say I don't see the case for anybody else, but I just thought that was the optimal pairing. Yeah, I mean, the Ingram thing is going to be tough because he's going to hit a certain point with his price here shortly where um, – I mean, Kamara is a legitimate – I mean, Kamara had – eight rushing attempts and three targets again this week. And he's, he's getting that work. And so I think like from a price tag standpoint, I'm not going to ever be comfortable playing Ingram at the same prices that I'm playing uh, a shady at, you know, just because um, Tolbert isn't a legitimate threat, like, like Kamara is. And so I think it'll be interesting to see what to do with Ingram moving forward, but um, Ingram getting six targets is also nice, but um, shady, Shady's day was made by um, uh, one long run that he busted. That was great. But oh, yeah, even, even he was, if he didn't bust that, he was still in good shape because he had seven targets. And he um, is just – this is what Shady does. You know, yeah. he's going to get such diverse workload where you, you, just have to, you just have to play it. Like seven targets, you know, seven targets with 27 rushing attempts. This dude's going to 
this dude's going to be in play every week, no matter the matchup. Well, and he was, he was fine, but that run was goat because it was a long touchdown and it got him past the bonus on that one, I believe. So mm-hmm. it was just like a massive, massive point run. And, you know, you click to your contest immediately and see all your dollars going up and you're like, yeah, shady. Yeah. So. The other, the other chalky play at running back this week was, um, which I, I knew was going to be chalky. I was still surprised at just how chalky it was because I thought it had the potential to be a huge fish. Uh, Joe Mixon was was fifty percent and above in some in some cash games. On that's that's why that's wild. I didn't I, I didn't think he was a good cash play. And yeah, go ahead. I yeah, I, mean, I, I still I was I was off of him. Uh, and then he broke that one that I was like, oh. Uh, I mean, he had three targets and eleven rushing attempts for his eleven rushing attempts went for a solid eighteen yards. Um, hey, that's that's 1.6 a carry, homie. So his his 1.6, you know, his efficiencies his efficiencies, you know, not quite there yet. But um, and even in the passing work, I mean, he's not three targets, but he busted one of them, and so he had 91 yards receiving. And so I think a lot of people lucked out with that play, which I I don't know. I wasn't on Nixon, and I think that was a bummer to see <laughs> him get to his. 13 points or whatever he got to on DraftKings. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know. I I, I have trouble spending, what was he, 5.7? So, no, some, yeah, something like that. What did you go with your, your third running? Uh, well, this was not really a good choice, but uh, Dion Lewis. And he didn't do that well. He was 4.6, I think, and got 7.4 points. Rex Burkhead took seven targets and seven catches. And – I mean, that's an issue with rostering the Patriots running backs. It's not like I didn't know that there would be other guys in the mix. But mm-hmm. they, like, they took him out for a great deal. Like He got the entire first drive, and he caught a couple balls, and then they just like stopped using him kind of. So that's, that's what you get for rostering a Patriots running back. Yeah. Well, you could have been fish like me and rostered uh, Matt Forte. Um, I – I mean, it worked out. I mean, he got 11, so it wasn't he much. He wasn't much worse than Mixon. But um, I went with Forte solely because as red weather was coming across, I don't let weather affect my decision making at all on like Thursday and Friday, like some people do. Like everybody's on Twitter, like talking about weather, and it's like Thursday morning or it's like Wednesday night. I'm like, are you? Oh yeah, me- meteorologist Twitter. Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, this morning, I mean, it was pretty clear that it wasn't going to be a great game. So I thought New York was going to try to run the ball quite a bit, and so I figured um forte would get some work but um i mean they, they total uh ran less than 20 rushing attempts in this game which matt forte lit up the offensive coordinator after the game for um which was 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 nice to hear but uh yeah he had seven targets which which definitely made up for it so it made up for his four carries for seven rushing yards but seriously i mean going into this game the weather everything else like how do you as a jets team only run the ball what is it? 18 times, 19 times. Something like they that. Get less yeah. than 20 rushing attempts, you know? <laughs> and it's like, ugh, did not see that coming. I mean, I, I was not even thinking of Forte as a play and you know, you gave me, I mean, we're texting. I got up at like six o'clock to watch the, the London game and you and I were texting and you sent me a text. You're like, yeah, I mean, I think I'm doing Matt Forte. And I like rubbed my eyes and I'm like, dude, am I still dreaming or like, are you actually doing that? And uh, see, that's, I mean, I don't know, maybe this, this pricing on DraftKings has gotten into my head a little bit where I am stretching for some plays sometimes, but it, it, look, dude, I played Dion Lewis. I don't know what to say. It's yeah. Yeah, there, there was I mean, not that many good options down there. 
No, it was because I tried to jam in AJ Green, which I think looking back, that was the mistake of the week for me. What um, would you what would you have done instead? Who do you have taken at wide receiver one? I know the guy that I was thinking of instead of AJ Green. Um, I think I would have looked closer at these Seattle guys. Um, and even though Baldwin didn't work out, I think Baldwin was um, price price considered a, a significantly better play. Um, I would have taken Keenan Allen. And, and I Keenan, think Hopkins was was my was my other guy who I think would have. I think I think that would have been good. <laughs> like just because of the volume and everything else like that. Like I don't know. I should have. So tell me about the Keenan Allen. Did you end up playing Keenan? No, no, I ended up doing A.J. Green, too. But I was considering, like, dropping from A.J. Green down to Keenan Allen. And A.J. Green, like, he caught a touchdown, which saved him. But, I mean, 11.7 DraftKings points, not really getting it done. Yeah, not getting it done, especially when you had to sacrifice so much to do it. Um, yeah, and this I mean, was Hopkins... crazy because they, they were – this was a game. This was not a blowout. So, no. for, for him to only get three catches for 27 yards is – is kind of wild. Yeah, everything kind of went right. So I think if you went with the cheaper Cincinnati wide receivers, you were fine. But, I mean, Hopkins was 1,100 cheaper in a matchup where you could project very similar target share. I should have just just gone with Hopkins or, um, you know, or gone down to Baldwin as my wide receiver one and built a more balanced lineup. But I did. Okay, so you went with A.J. Green. So did I. What did you do at your last two spots? Do, do, do we really need to – this, oh, is this is this is where it falls apart? Yeah, this 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 went pretty egregious. <laughs> You're like telling me your lineup. I'm like, yeah, I did all that. Like, yeah, yeah. this is this is where I went pretty egregious. <laughs> I <clears throat> I knew I wanted Pierre Garcon because I thought at his price point with the targets, um, I thought Pierre Garcon was the uh, was the best at that six k. The other guy I was looking at, which I know that most people weren't uh, in the same price range, was actually T Y Hilton. I thought T.Y. Hilton was underpriced for the amount of volume that he was going to get, and I thought it was going to be more of a blowout, so I thought Indianapolis was going to be throwing. Um, but I ended up going to Garcon, and then it just kind of left me with my, uh, with my cheap wide receiver, and there were a couple different options to bounce around between, you know, Robbie Anderson, um, Marquise Goodwin, Brandon LaFell, and I ended up looking at a bunch of different things, and I just couldn't make my decision this morning, and and I chose Marquise Goodwin solely on the purpose of uh, yeah. I, thought, I thought San Francisco was going to have to throw the ball. And I thought, I thought he would be, you know, throwing the ball much more than I thought Dalton or any of these other, you know, the Jets or anybody else was going to do. And I was right from that standpoint, <laughs> but I was wrong from the efficiency and everything else standpoint so what what happened to Marquise Goodwin he had zero catches on three targets yeah was he I mean do you have a snap count for him was he playing was he there Uh, he 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 was playing so was Aldrick Robertson but um I mean I I I think the news is that uh he's, he's not a good quarterback oh DJ Beth is not a good quarterback like you you don't say I mean, I guess I just should have. Yeah, <laughs> should, should have factored that in. <laughs> I just thought the price point he was going to be cheap. I thought Bethard was going to throw the ball thirty-six to forty times, which he did. You know, but it was a bad play. Egregious. You kind of ran a little bad with Garcon because he left at a point with like a with some sort of neck injury, I think, or something like yeah, that. I, I, I the Garcon thing hurt. I don't feel bad about the Garcon thing. He's been no. seeing great target share. Yeah, um, versus. 
versus a Philly offense or a Philly defense where that's where you can actually attack them a little bit. Um, they got a pretty stout defense otherwise. So I thought the Garcon thing was fine. I don't feel fish about that at all. Yes. Uh, Goodwin, uh, not yeah. just, just not one of your better plays. I'm going to be honest no. with you. No. And you want to know the worst part about this, Nate? In my seasonal league that like is super important to me, um, you were sharing some of your projections with me, and I'm like, damn, maybe Goodwin is a good play. And I had a bunch of buys, so I picked up Goodwin. And uh, I told you Robbie over Goodwin, though. Well, dude, I got scared because of the weather. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And uh, and Desmond Trufant, you know, it's like uh, this this could be bad, <laughs> but I don't like hundred yard games with touchdowns. I'll just take a I'll just take a fat zero. And... Robbie balled out. Okay, so what did you do at wide receiver that made you actually money this week? Um, not much actually. I went AJ Green, Dotson, and Deshaun Jackson, and I mean none of those guys really balled. Dotson got the luckiest luck box one yard touchdown for his only catch of the day in like garbage time. Um, so he ended up with the luckiest 7.1 ever. And Deshaun Jackson had 6.7. Um, I, I just, I, I thought Deshaun was a really good play. And Dotson, I was not that sure about, but I'm like, you know what? He's 3,900 for the same reasons you like cousins. I was like, dude, the, they'll probably, they're probably going to have to throw in this game. I mean, either be behind or just be in the game. And Dallas's cornerbacks are not that great, and he's a starter now, and he's athletic, and he's 3,900. So, Yeah, unfortunately, um, I was pretty excited when I saw Dotson ownership in cash because I saw so many people. Yeah. And he got three targets, so I felt good about it, but uh, it, it didn't work. I played like zero. I mean, maybe this is like an issue because I played like zero Dotson in GPPs because I really didn't believe in him that much, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, Jamison Crowder was the one who really stole. I mean, Jamison Crowder ended the week with 13 targets. Um, I mean, and Jamison Crowder was very clearly somebody who was a was a was um, like a key cog in that offense. I think he led the week in – uh, weighted opportunity rating with over 47% of his team's air yards. So um, Crowder, I mean, he was definitely a fixture in that offense. So crowd goat. Do you think that had something to do? Some people were saying a bunch of the linemen were out for Washington and it's like, okay, their lines weak. They have to throw shorter now and they use Crowder. A yeah. Lot. That's actually why I ended up getting off. Of, yeah. That was ended up why I got off of cousins and actually got onto Cowboys defense is because they were missing. Uh, three of their um, not just like average offensive linemen, but like all pro offensive linemen, you know? So, yeah. Okay. Well, at, at least, you know, you did that. What did you do at tight end? Uh, I went with Croft just because I think um, when I can have a cheap tight end who has a high team total, I really value team total when it comes to the tight end position because so much of it is made from touchdown equity. So um, I went with Croft and just took the, um, uh, correlation with my quarterback, and I felt fine about the Croft play. I mean, the Doyle Doyle hurt me, but I don't think it was a bad play. Do you play a bunch? Do you play like more heads ups and double ups and fifty fifties, or do you play a lot of three mans too? I do a lot of three mans. Okay, see, I'm I'm okay with like getting some stacking in there. I think that for double ups and fifty fifties and heads ups and stuff like that. 
it gets a little precarious, even when your guys are in a good spot to have a quarterback, receiver, and tight end. You know, even if they're all good plays in a vacuum, um, I don't know. It just gets like sketchy there. Yeah, because you can you can get screwed easily just by the running back scoring a couple touchdowns or it being like a heavy field goal game, something like that. You know? Yeah, it definitely adds variance. I was just drawn in. I mean, they had the third highest team total in the slate at uh, an implied team total of like 27.2 or something, which was insane for Cincinnati. Um, so I, I always, you know, in that spot will lean towards a cheap tight end. So I was looking at Doyle, which I know you ended up doing, which made your week. So you yeah, I'm like, that? dude, my lineup was not even that much better than yours, but because I had Doyle in cash, like I just like destroyed cash, you know, yeah. because Doyle went nuts. Yeah, Doyle had 33.1 and McCoy had 32.3. And when you have those two guys in cash, like you're you're pretty set, even though a lot of my other plays sucked. Especially at your tight end position where most of the other ownership was on a bunch of these guys in like Cameron Brait, Hunter Henry, and Cook, Hunter Henry, who all had less than 10 points. I yeah. mean, you had 20 plus points on most of your opposition in one position, which is huge Yeah, uh, for a similar, similar um, salary, which – I mean, Doyle was a monster. I mean, he had 14 targets. He was second on the week overall receivers in um, weighted opportunity rating with um, with the insane 35.9% of the uh, target share for, for Indianapolis. Lit. <laughs> Super lit. That I mean, hurts. that's great. And, and then a defense, what'd you end up with? Uh, I went to Cowboys just because I needed to save some salary and I felt good about the um, – um, I felt good about it with the amount of offensive linemen ruled out. So I knew there was some sack upside, which um, I got a late touchdown at the end, which actually helped me swing a couple. I oh. did end up cashing in a couple double ups and a couple 50 fifties and some head to heads, but that was a pretty sick suck out. What was yeah. Dallas priced at? I didn't even like go to 2300. They were like the third cheapest on the week. Uh, I'm kind of a fish. I played the Patriots at 2400. Um, and they, they scored nine points. They did they did fairly well. Yeah, I think the chalk was Bengals. I had the Bengals all week, uh, and then I moved up to the Eagles this morning uh-huh. um, just with all the weather news because I thought some San Francisco – but then I was like, no. No, no, I, I, I have Goodwin. I can't possibly – I, <laughs> <laughs> I got to keep Goodwin and Garcon. <laughs> In retrospect, yes. <laughs> yes, I feel worse about that after <laughs> – it's, they, it's it's pretty fishy, Nate. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to share that. They had a 15.5 implied team total, <laughs> and I took two receivers. <laughs> I mean, when you put it that way, uh, in retrospect, yeah, it seems, uh, seems, seems a little thin, mate. <laughs> this is tough pricing on DraftKings, man. I'll tell you. <laughs> it's got you all, all twisted up, bro. You're tilted. <laughs> It's got me all twisted. What did dude did did Davis get murked or what? Yeah. Yeah, he did, right? Here's how you know Davis get murked because he didn't talk about how well he did. If Davis does anything slightly well, we hear nonstop about it. He got one call right. <laughs> or it was a call he made right in the in the absolutes but didn't play. Right, Still- right. That's usually what it is. <laughs> I did write this guy up as like my fourth wide receiver and uh- Oh, I said Hopkins wouldn't be a bad play. <laughs> I wish he was here. I really miss Davis. He's 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 kind of being he's kind of being a uh, uh, I mean I don't want to call him mean names, but you know. But yeah, I'm he, disappointed in him. Let's put it that way. He's being sick. 
is what is what he is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing Davis is one of those guys who he gets a little cold and doesn't know how to gear up and and, <laughs> and handle it, you know. Um let's let's talk real fast Nate. Uh, we haven't prepared anything, but let's just go off the cuff. A couple things that we learned today. Um I I think the first thing we should certainly talk about we talked about him a couple weeks ago, but I think this was a really defining game for Deshaun Watson um, mm-hmm. to the point where, you know, he's on the road in Seattle. I thought Seattle was going to eat him alive. And they made some plays on him. They picked him three times. They returned one for a touchdown. Uh, they had five sacks. But at the end of the day, Watson just made monster, monster plays and ended up with 402 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, it was just two. It was a great. It was a great game of two QBs like just doing their thing. And Watson and Wilson both, both dominated. Wilson had a uh, better game overall statistically, but I was probably more impressed with Watson just because um, Wilson going against this depleted Houston defense. Um, and dude, this, this Houston defense is bad, right? Now. It, it's um, really, it's really bad. Like there were some amazing plays made, and I don't want to take anything away from Russ Wilson, anything like that. But like, dude, like late in the game. They're bombing stuff to Paul Richardson. He's just going up and grabbing it with, like, uncontested. And it's like, dude, there's, like, a minute left in the game. Why are you playing man coverage with nobody deep? Where's the safety? What's this defense that you're playing? Yeah, it's it's not – it's not good. They're going to end the season um, as one of the worst defense, just just with Merciless and – uh, JJ Watt and all these other and guys. Cushing. Cushing. I they mean, lost Boye to free agency. When you can't get a rush on the quarterback, it's tough. And Wilson can can destroy you when you do that. So um but yeah, I thought Watson Watson had a great game. I was very impressed with him. And I think I mean it just proves that I think the first couple times we saw this we didn't know, but I think it's just Watson is is a play in any matchup. Is what I walked away with. I, I did too. I mean the, the matchups don't get as they just don't get it much harder than this. So, yeah. And then another another takeaway at the quarterback position um, is that um, I think Andy Dalton, with all of his um, with all of his um, guys, even in a chalk perfect matchup, can only muster eighteen <laughs> DraftKings points. Uh, Andy Dalton shouldn't be in play ever again. This Indianapolis yeah. team is is literally – like we just talked about how bad Houston and Indianapolis is even worse. And I think some people are like, oh, Dalton maybe isn't that bad. No, Dalton, Dalton is still bad. Dalton imagine, is still- imagine if Watson was in this matchup. He would have thrown for 725 yards. Exactly. I mean, Dalton, yeah. Dalton is bad. They almost lost. I mean, it was, <laughs> it, it was bad. It was not good. Um, Ezekiel Elliott had a monster game. He wasn't – that owned, but he ended up with 33 rushes, 150 yards, two touchdowns. You know, sometimes I overlook Zeke because he's basically at the same price point as Le'Veon Bell, and I'm just going to take Le'Veon almost all the time. But I think that Zeke probably has a little higher touchdown equity, and I don't know. I feel like the the Steelers have kind of stopped – like throwing the ball to Bell as much in the sense that sometimes they dump it off, but they seem to have like stopped designing like cool pass plays for him. And I don't know why. Yeah, I'll be honest. So I have a bias against Zeke just because of where he's priced in the lack of target volume. You know, I want to see the seven, eight upside targets where Melvin Gordon, Gurley, uh, 
Shady and, and, and Lev can get where, you know, Zeke, I don't feel like he has that, but he has, you know, he had 33 rushing attempts in this game. He only had two targets, but um, you know, when you're getting 60% of your team's offensive share, like that's, that's in play. And the thing about Lev is you're right. I mean, he was only targeted, I think three times this game and even in his targets, it wasn't, it, it wasn't actual like play calls for him where they, like they no. used to be. Um, and I think that's just because they have a bunch of different guys that they're trying to get the ball to. Juju was uh, a key factor for them in this game. And I mean, Eli Rogers was getting touches and Hell yeah. uh, it was like, I mean, they were spreading the ball all over the place. I mean, AB only, I don't think AB had a catch until two minutes, two minutes left in the half, you know, how good, how good is, how good is AB? Like he really didn't even play that big of a role in this game at all. I mean, it seemed like they never threw him the ball. They yeah, turned him to one touchdown turned over hurt me a little bit on fantasy draft. Oh yeah, it did. But so. he still ended up with ten targets, five for seventy. I mean, you know, yeah, it's tough. Juju, ten targets, seven catches, one ninety-three in a touch. Obviously, that ninety-seven yarder helped out a lot. But even aside from that, he had a pretty pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think so. That's yeah, Juju. Man, he looked good. That 97-yard run or TD was pretty was pretty nice. Um, so I guess my one takeaway would be Robbie Anderson. Um, you know, even though this dude's only his volume from like just a pure target perspective might not look like it's there. Um, I think yards, he, bro. Yeah, it's it's something where I mean he's he's got speed and he just continues to make plays. And I think at his price tag, like he's definitely in play. You know. Um, you know, his, his average depth of target this week wasn't crazy with only 11.83, um, depth of target, but with his speed and everything else like that, he's, he's a factor and he's somebody who I don't think is as bad of a, you know, close your eyes and play like some of those other guys at the 4k range. I think another thing that we learned is that Drew Brees is not going to be the statistical Drew Brees that he used to be, you know, the, the it's kind of that thing he's getting like quite a bit older in his late thirties. And we've seen this from other quarterbacks where they really start slowing down. And if you get a running game and a defense behind them, like they did late in Elway's career or late in Peyton Manning's career, it can really extend those guys and just be better overall for the team. And I think we might be seeing that with breeze. They have two running backs that they absolutely love uh, Kamara and Ingram, and they really want to, uh, get their defense better. Uh, Lattimore's really helped them out with that. And their defense is actually like above average this season. So I think we're seeing a whole new dynamic with, with uh, New Orleans. Yeah, you hit the nail right in the head. I mean, I think Breeze is still efficient with his, um, you know, at home he's going he's gonna, to, you know, pass the ball around and be pretty efficient. But he only had 28 passing attempts. And 28 passing attempts, like your ceiling's just not going to be there. Um, so that's – that's tough for Breeze because, you know, with Ingram and Kamara getting a total of 26 rushing attempts, they – it's a different New Orleans game, man. It's a different thing than in the years past when you just lock in Breeze and, and all of his – Breeze, Breeze his at home, he's going to throw for 350, yeah. Um, anything else, like anything else stand out to you? Um, I don't know. The, the, the Patriots have not looked good. We're, we're through the first half of the season for them. The Patriots have not really looked that great on offense all season. No, the Patriots have not. Um, and it's a little bit concerning just because there's, 
I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't even look like there's something specifically like one guy's just not playing well that I think it's going to turn around. I just, I don't know. Like, so yeah, Patriots are a little bit concerning and obviously defensively still pretty rough. So um, one other takeaway for me, I think is just uh, the San Francisco passing game. Um, with <laughs> CJ being as bad as he is. I'm glad, I'm glad you learned something. <laughs> Carlos Hyde got nine targets and, um, I think was it was clear that like with his uh incompetent quarterback play, like these running back routes actually do have more value, you know, um, where it's not like a guy who's going to be able to get it down the field all the time. So I think Carlos Hyde, you can count on a couple dump offs per game. The last two things we touched on, Nate, we have to make a pact here, we have to promise ourselves. I will Never no longer play two wide receivers from San Francisco in cash. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that needs to that needs. I'm to just going to set up a script where if I try to do that, my R code <laughs> shuts down my computer and doesn't let it open for the next 24 hours. Just straight auto exclude. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I will no longer play Patriots running backs. I think that's a that's a, a bad thing for me to do. It's yeah. just, dude. They, I mean, they give it to everybody. There's four different There's guys. Four different guys, and you mm-hmm. can't. You can't project it. Other than James White, I don't feel good about any of them having a significant week-to-week. You know, White feels pretty locked into his passing market. Yeah, I actually I actually wanted White. I just couldn't – I needed the couple hundred bucks. I just couldn't get there because, you know, I'm a fish. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk Monday, Thursday slate real quick? Uh, yeah, who's playing? <laughs> Kansas, City, uh, Kansas City is, is – uh, one second, what? At home against Denver and then yep. Buffalo at the Jets on Thursday. Yeah. So if I, I think obviously we have to wait till tomorrow to hear about the Emmanuel Sanders news. I think even if Sanders is playing, I don't think Sanders is going to be healthy enough that I would consider him. No, he um, didn't. He didn't practice all week. He didn't get in a single yeah. practice. So I'm on. I'm pretty heavy on Demarius tomorrow. Um, I'm pretty heavy on Demarius just because this Kansas City team does have some spots you know where you can does have some soft spots um you know when it comes to wide receivers that you can attack so uh i'm there but i'm probably off the uh denver running game well yeah yeah because the denver running game is horrible i like tyreek hill uh i i don't have the stuff in front of me but i feel like last year i i think i remember tyreek like going off against denver Mm-hmm. And people are pretty reticent to play any receiver against the Broncos, which is fully justified. But Terry Kill is used in many ways that's not like a typical receiver, right? Kansas City is going to do the things that Denver doesn't want them to do. What they want teams to do is just line up and try to beat them. And Kansas City doesn't do that. You know, Kansas City runs all these little misdirections and dump offs and screens and like just all those little things that screw up good defenses. So I actually think that taking some Kansas city offense here could be a good thing. Yeah. And I also think um, another note from Kansas city is I think Kareem hunt probably won't go as owned because a lot of people are going to say, Oh, you know, you can't run on um, you can't run on Denver. And, and yes, that's true. But I mean, Kareem hunt also will get a ton of passing work in this game if that's the case. And I would almost rather have a, have a running back with that target upside than uh, just the rushing work. So uh, I'm actually okay with Kareem Hunt, and I think if 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 I feel he's going to go under owned, I mean under owned considering it's a it's a two game slate, but um, you know under owned at all for what he should be, um, I'll be pretty overweight on him. 
I think you're muted, Sammy. Um, oh, sorry about that. I'm I'm making a lineup. Yeah. I was just saying you can make a pretty lit lineup. I mean, yeah. Overall, the pricing is comparatively to how how tight it was this weekend. Pretty soft for for Monday Thursday. That's why it was actually kind of fun making some lineups. Oh yeah, like I'm just throwing guys in now. I got McCoy, Hunt, Tyree Kill, Robbie Anderson, Josh McCown. I mean, and I still got like five point four left for my other spots with Chiefs defense in there. You know, it's yep. and I'm just like throwing stuff together right now. But you know, you can go Fowler for four point one. Then you're pumped, dude. This is this is great. I can get yeah, Kelsey I think- in there. I mean, let's go Chiefs onslaught. Yeah, I think if Sanders is out, I think I like Fowler again. Um, but if Sanders is in, uh, Fowler is com- kind of completely out for me. Yeah, So, and we saw um, a couple of the Bills defensive backs out this past week. We have no idea if they'll be ready to go Thursday, so that could give a bump to the Jets' passing game potentially. Guys like Curse, guys like Robbie Anderson. Um, I think that, that Curse is like – I think people will play Robbie Anderson – um, for just that reason, he makes sense. I think that curse could be a pretty, like a pretty sneaky pivot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, just same position, similar price point. A guy that could easily get the get the touchdown variance on his his side if that so happens. Dude, you have Austin Safarian Jenkins. I think that's great. I mean, you got uh, yeah. The ASJ Kelsey thing will be tough because you know Kelsey's obviously the goat and can do anything in any matchup, but. Yeah. Um, I, I'll probably go ASJ. Yeah. And as always on these short slates, you're playing GPPs. A just real easy way to differentiate is leave like a grand on the table because almost nobody does that. And it just makes it really easy to think that you have good plays and make a unique lineup just doing that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, all right, man. Well, gosh, I feel like, I feel like it's time to crash. I'm like, I'm spent. I'm emotionally exhausted. I'm mentally exhausted. I mean, it's been, it's been a hell of a day. I'll tell you. Yeah, that was, that was a crazy day starting early in the morning with the Minnesota game where we saw Jarek finally get some work again, which is fun. Oh yeah. And you know, I'm on the West coast. So I'm in California. So I literally set my alarm for 6am because I have digs and seasonal and I had to make sure he was <laughs> active. And then I just, I'm just like, you know what, let's do this. And I just got up and I've been, wired for like 18 hours now so hitting the red ball yeah that's that's it i i've literally had like five cups of coffee throughout the day so um was not needed but it was a fantastic day nate even though davis was not here i'm very happy that i got to share this with you um amazing moments we've had together on various podcasts after great baseball sporting events definitely definitely All right, you guys. Well, all you DGens playing Monday through Thursday, good luck. Hope your Sundays went well. This is Sammy for Nate for the Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Football Podcast.